Thanks for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City Podcast. Our mission is to help broken people become devoted followers of Jesus. If you'd like to visit us in person, we are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway here in beautiful Johnson City, Tennessee. You can become a giving partner by visiting us at believerschurchjc.com. We love you, we are praying for you, and we hope you enjoy today's message. We opened up last week discussing the invention of the will and went on to talk about the fact that a lot of wills happen to operate with spokes. We talked about the will kind of like the body of Christ. And this week, what we're going to do is talk about the spokes. So last week, everything was about the body. Today, everything is going to be about individual gifting and how we experience this. We mentioned that spokes are important, but let's make sure that we understand how important they actually are. If a spoke or spokes break, it greatly impacts the ability of the will to work. Meaning that if people in the body of Christ make the decision to put their gifting off or not step in to what God has for them. And I think as I was discussing with Mark before the service, we can often make this idea of spiritual gifting a very, very complicated thing. And it's not supposed to be a complicated thing. It's supposed to be something that's very easy to understand that we have the ability to lean into and to step into. So the spokes are very important. The individual parts are very important. How important? If a spoke breaks, it will throw off the balance of the will. The same is true for the body of Christ. If an area of gifting fails to operate, it throws off the balance. If a a spoke breaks, it will cause the will to pull in one direction. This is the same thing in the body of Christ. And it's dangerous when we're pulling in different directions. Theology, mission, vision, disagreements. When we start pulling in different directions, it's very dangerous. If a broken spoke pulls enough and you have rim brakes, your rim might rub against the brake. And what this is going to do is slow you down and zap your energy. The same is true for the body of Christ. When members break from their gifting they start to slow the work in the body of Christ. So we are in the third part of this series on spiritual gifts that we are calling Gifted. This series is connected with a beginning of the year vision series that is called, was called, A Mess Worth Making. And what we did in this series was that we talked about three messy shifts that our church was going to take part in to grow through in 2023. Earlier in the year, we talked about two of these shifts, and we're continuing to talk about them, but we waited till a little bit closer to the fall to talk about this third shift, and this is the third messy shift, to take people from the idea of volunteering, which is important, we're not taking away from it, but the idea of simply volunteering to, to, to make the machinery of the church work as it grows, to actually stepping into spirit-filled gifting. So it's probably obvious that there is going to be some overlap if we're talking about spokes, if we're talking about wheels. There is going to be some overlap with what we talked about last week, but it's going to be very important because you're going to get a very different angle than what we received last week. So we're going to be in Romans chapter 12. If you want to turn there, Romans chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 10. I want to continue to encourage you to bring your Bible to church. If you don't have a Bible, if you've never thumbed through a Bible, you have no 
familiarity, we would love to give you one. If you just want to stop by guest services before you leave, but if you want to use your phone, if you want to look up here on the screen, that's perfectly fine as well. Now, one thing that Romans 12 is really known for are the first two verses there. And we actually went over these verses in a practice on worship earlier this year. The focus is not going to be there, but the entirety of this chapter. It's one of the best chapters in the Bible. So Romans chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 1 through, 20, 1 through 10, and I'm just going to let you guys know, and I don't know if this is a sign of me getting older or bad vision, but these Bibles that I bring up here, they're just hardback Bibles that I scribble up in. I do not use these for study Bibles. I use these because I lose everything, and I wanted to make sure that, but what I've noticed is the print is too small. So I've ordered, so if I have a different one next week or the week after that, I'm, I'm going to be in, a, in better shape. So brothers and sisters, because of God's mercies, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. This is your appropriate priestly service, or as some of your translations say, your true and proper worship. Don't be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you can figure out what God's will is. That's how you figure out what His will is, by the transformation and the renewing of your mind, what is good and what is pleasing and what is mature. Because of the grace that God gave me, I can say to each of you, don't think more highly than you ought to think of yourself. Instead, be reasonable, since God has measured out a portion of faith to each of you. We have many parts in one body, we've talked about this a lot, but the parts don't all have the same function. In the same way, though there are many of us, we are one body in Christ and individually we belong to each other. That's, that's incredible that we belong to one another. You mean even the person that I don't like, even the person we have some theological disagreements, even the person that politically votes different than me, we belong to one another. That's pretty powerful. We have different gifts that are consistent with God's grace that has been given to us. If your gift is prophecy, you should prophesy in proportion to your faith. If your gift is service, devote yourself to serving. If your gift is teaching, devote yourself to teaching. If your gift is encouragement or exhortation, devote yourself to encouraging. The one giving should do so with no strings attached. The leader should lead with passion. The one showing mercy should be cheerful. Love should be shown without pretending. Hate evil and hold on to what is good. Love each other like the members of your family, not like people you see isolated on a Sunday morning. Love the people in the body like people that are part of your family. Be the best at showing honor to one another. In Romans 12, Paul is writing to a community of believers that are doing this Jesus life together. And sometimes in a community group, people talk about doing the Jesus life together. This is literally every single day of the week, doing the Jesus life together. Societies were very different then. He is placing tremendous emphasis on the work that the body does and how each of us have something to contribute. So how is it that we go about contributing? And today is the day, part three, where you're going to have an opportunity to look a little bit deeper. And some of you, I know, you've already, you know what your spiritual gifts are. You're already living into your spiritual gifts. But I've had some absolutely fascinating conversations just in the last few days. Matt, I want to know why I'm here. 
I want to be living into this purpose. And this, this isn't necessarily a lot of young people. These are people that are just a little bit older than that. Notice I didn't say a number. I walked myself out of that one really quick. But people that are just a little bit older than that, and they're saying, I feel like there's the possibility that I've missed a lot. And I want to make sure that I'm ready to step into this gifting. So we're going to talk about how we do that and some operations there. But then we can look directly into maybe what your, your spiritual gifts are so that you can start to live this out. So this is the first thing that I will say. And one of the most important things that you need to understand about gifts. In fact, the only thing that I would, under, that I would say that is more important about gifts is what we said in week one. We'll hit on it again just a little bit today is that gifts are a product of grace. It's not the same thing as talent. It's not me pouring a good word into you because I have a skill as a preacher. It's the grace of God pouring through me this very moment that has the tangible ability to give you something that you can take with you. So it doesn't do a lot of good to say, man, that guy's a good preacher, or, or man, that guy's a horrible preacher, or anything like that. It's more accurate to say the Holy Spirit was upon him today and the grace of God was pouring through him, and I received something that that guy actually could have never even given me. That's a more accurate look at what's going on. And I say this, next point, with this. Gifts must be practiced with humility. They must be practiced with humility. I know some of you are going to find this very hard to believe, but you've not arrived. I know you've been in church for longer than some of us. I know that you know how to pray the perfect prayer. I know that you believe you have this great scripture life and all these things that are going on, but you have not arrived. You are gifted for miraculous things, but you are still just a spoke. You're not the will, you're a spoke. Humility maximizes the release of the gifting. Before that, it's talent. Before that, it's skill. But when you become humble before God and you say, God, I don't even know if I can do this. I don't know that I have the courage or the strength. Is it possible? Is it really possible that you could look down on someone like me to serve the least of these in the communities? To, to knock door to door to do these things, to serve in this role in community members. It's not me walking in the door saying, well, I happen to do this thing that God has given me so much better than everybody else. Then you know what the corrupted person does? They look at the numbers. Well, look at what I've produced. You've produced nothing. It is God through you. It is the grace pouring through you that is that is that has done this. So you have to pay very, very close attention to that. So consider this. If you want to maximize what God can do in you, some of you are saying, I want my cup completely full. I don't want to do just a little bit. I want to live out my destiny. I want to live out my future. I want to live out exactly what God has for me. This is what you do. Place yourself under the Lordship of Christ alongside those you are serving with and under, this part's hard, those you are serving so what you do with every act of your life, if you are opening up the store at the grocery, opening up the door at the grocery store, whatever it is that you may be doing that could be translated as a spiritual gift, you place yourself under the lordship of Christ. This is all about you, and it has nothing to do with me. You place yourself alongside those people that you're serving with, your brothers and sisters in Christ. This is exactly what's going on in Romans as they're using different gifts. And under those 
You are serving. You are actually relinquishing all power that you have in that moment. Well, I'm a Christian and they're not, or I'm doing all these good things. This is, this is the disruption and the confusion and the corruption of the church is that we go in the neighborhoods thinking we have everything to give them. But what's amazing, when you use your spiritual gifts, as you're pouring into other people, they have the ability to pour into you and teach you Jesus. It's an incredible thing, but when we come in with all this, we've got this, we can figure all this out, there is no humility whatsoever. So verse 3 says this, because of the grace that God gave me, again, going back to week 1, he is knowing that he, that he only has the ability to write these things and to preach these things through this letter to the Romans, because he is a product of the grace that God has given him, he says, I say to each one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Yeah, I know some people got saved whenever you preached. I know that you've built up a little bit of an influence at that church with the role that you have. I know that you're doing incredible things outside of the church and you're getting all these pats on the back and God's telling you how wonderful, or people are telling you how wonderful you are and you're doing this and you're doing that. So as a result, everybody in your family needs to fall under your authority and pay attention to you because you become so spiritual that just everything's going and then just watch yourself fall. Watch yourself fall and how hard you fall. You know, I have done that before so many times. I've walked, I've gotten some compliments on sermons and things like that. And I've walked in and within 10 seconds, Beth's made real clear how, how spiritual I am. And you guys have probably been in that situation too. It's like God does this thing where the second you start to think that you're all that in a bag of chips, God has a way of saying, Boom. And it's like all of a sudden, you're back in that posture of prayer where you recognize you know a lot less than you thought you knew. So we're in a situation where we're trying to discover this God-given identity to carry throughout our entire lives. This means that once we understand our gifting, every single day we have to tell ourselves this over and over, I am a spoke. You may not like that analogy. All right, so, so do it your own way. I am a spoke. I am a spoke. I'm not the end of all things. I'm not the one doing all these things. I'm part of something special that God is doing. But I must understand how this body works. So gifts must be practiced with humility. But also, as we've already said, gifts have different functions. Sometimes you want other people's function. And you're not supposed to have their function. God designed you specifically in a special way. And you can discover what that is this week. And we'll talk about that later. Verse 4 says this. We have many parts in one body, but the parts don't all have the same function. This reads a lot like Paul's letter to the Corinthians. His first letter. They don't all have the same function. So we discussed this last week. A little bit of repeat for those of you that weren't here. You can hear it for the first time. One of the biggest mistakes that we've made is we try to overemphasize the gifts that come from up here. Everybody happens to be looking in this direction right now, unless you're on your phone, and underemphasized gifts that are practiced behind the scenes. This is a mistake, and it comes with consequences. It comes with very real consequences. When we build on a stage personality or on excitement or enthusiasm that is in the room, much like it is often in here, we destruct when a stage personality or excitement can't deliver. Scandal, burnout, resignation, 
and on and on and on. It's life. It's, it's becoming more and more present. But because of the reality of social media, we're seeing more and more people fall. So one day, everything is great. But if we build on that, if we build on another person or a program or an idea, things destruct when those things can't deliver. When we build on trends, we're trying to follow what culture does. We're trying to follow what other churches do. We destruct when we fail to keep up. There is always going to be a church that's doing those things just a little bit better than us. We're going to see their social media. We're going to see their kids ministry. We're going to see their new hired pastor. They're doing it great. And what the consumers are going to do is they're going to go in that direction. And then we are going to destruct because we recognize we were depending on the wrong things. When we build on talent, oh, Tyler, you got to get him up here. You got to get her up here. You should hear them play. You should hear these. Are they a Christian? I don't know. It doesn't even matter. Get them up here. They're wonderful. They're going to bring the house down. We've got to do that. When we build on talent, we destruct when talent becomes corrupted. But when we build on the gifts of humble people, we are building on something that cannot be produced outside of the body. It's something that's revolutionary. It's something that's life-changing. Take people in. Don't, don't be upset because they don't look like what you think they should look like. They don't sound what you think they should sound like. Consider every character, specifically in the Old Testament. God, I can't do this. God, I'm not worthy of this. God, I'm not brave enough. God, I can't speak. I can't do these things. Let me be your mouthpiece. Trust in me and your life will flourish. And then what do we see? Over and over and over again, the work of God. So it's not a problem with not having a lot of talent. It's not a problem without having the basis, a problem without having the basis of a skill set. It's a problem with faithfulness. It's a problem with people coming forward and saying, God, I'm giving you myself to do all these things, often behind the scenes. Let me share with you about Vanita Webb uh, from Destination Community Church. Vanita, Vanita comes to me and she says, you know, I'm not that great with people. I'm not a people person. I'm very much an introvert, but I love to write letters. And I love to encourage people. The, the gift of acts of mercy and the gifts of exhortation or encouragement. She comes to me and we make the decision at that time that when we get connect cards with the prayer request, it is going to be her specific job. I don't even know how many people ever identified. Thank God I'm giving her a shout out today. This may be the first shout out she's had in this way. But she's writing letters to people every single week. We are praying over these prayer requests that you have. And do you know what that feels like whenever you're in a broken place? And all of a sudden, maybe that morning, maybe it was just a horrible fight with an abusive husband. And you get this letter in the mail, we're praying for you. And often the grace in that moment pours in in a way that it can't even do on a Sunday morning. It's gifting. Let me tell you about Bill Reisner. There was rarely a fellowship event. Rarely a community group's gathering, rather, rarely an event that we had, that he didn't start walking around picking up trash, making sure everything, nobody asked him to. He was not obsessive compulsive. It was nothing like that. It was just simply that he wanted everyone else to make sure that they were having a good time. And that whenever we got to the end, as people in leadership often think about, oh man, we think about the mess. We hope people stick around to help us with the mess. Bill was on it. He started making sure all of those things were taken care of. Let me tell you about Kay Johnson. We had connect cards at Destination Community Church, but we had uh, connect cards that had to be cut every Sunday morning, okay, because they came kind of on a, on a sheet. 
socially anxious, didn't like to be around a lot of people. Before church ever began, she's in there cutting these connect cards. She had a key, doing it every single Sunday morning. I don't even know how many people knew that she was doing this. But do you have any idea how many people checked off they accepted Christ on those connect cards? Do you have any idea how many baptisms, prayer requests, new information from people that became a deep part of our church there? And no one ever knew, and she never asked for any credit whatsoever. we got to think outside the box a little bit with these gifts. Because I think you're looking to certain people and comparing and saying, I can never do that. Where there is a need, there is a ministry. And there is always going to be a ministry. So if you are able to step into an area of your life and use your gifts, it's going to be connected to the body. So I'm thinking these individuals that I'm talking about, they must have read the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus said, be careful that you don't practice your religion in front of people to draw attention. There was an understanding. I am doing the faithful work of the gospel. This work has to be done. It fits exactly where I am. Grace is pouring into this. This is the work of God. There are incredible gifts in this room right now that have never been used. And I can promise you this. You can never have too many spokes. That may not technically be true with a bicycle, but in our analogy it is. You can never have too many spokes. My mom reached out to me this week. And I'm going to share something a little vulnerable, and I did, I did have her permission to share this. But she was talking about all these different roles in the church, and she said, Matt, uh, sometimes it feels like, and I'm sharing this because maybe it's the thought that some of you guys have, it seems like there's always people covering all these different places, and that's not normal in a church, but maybe there's just like not a place within the church on Sunday morning that I really fit. And maybe sometimes that is the case, that you feel like because there are so many people in different areas that you don't fit in certain areas with the church. But one thing that she has shared with me, having a history of addiction. Mom's been sober over three years now. And that's just an absolute, I mean, I've got to just, I'm just, and I don't, I don't brag. You all don't know her story enough and a lot of what she's been through. But I said, you know what, Mom? I said, I said, you're always offering people a ride to church. I said, like, and a lot of times within addiction, people don't have a license. Or sometimes people don't have a car. And it's a situation where when it's people that you know, you have an opportunity. And she has brought people to this church. That is a ministry in itself. You have no idea how many lives some of these things change that, uh, change that you just put to the side. Because you may feel they don't look as important as other things. What is it before church starts? What is it after church is over, what is it through the week that you can do that you are gifted at that pours in to the body? Think outside of the box where there is a need. There is a ministry. Think about all the people. You know, there are some people who choose to watch TV from home. There are others that would give anything if they could be in this environment right here. And they think, well, nobody's going to pick me up. Am I going to have to give them gas money? I don't have gas money. I'm not able to do these things. And this is the reality for so many people. Think about this whenever we think about the ability to use our gifts in so many different ways. And then thirdly, your gifts, and this is where the rubber hits the road, your gifts must be used. They must be used. The spokes have to be used or the will doesn't work. Verses 6 through 8 say this, and this is beautiful. We have different gifts that are consistent with God's grace. Romans 12, 6 is where we started in week one. We have different gifts that are consistent 
with God's grace that have been given to us. They're already there, guys. They're already there. You don't even have to pray to receive them. They're there. You have to step out and receive them. If you're a follower of Jesus, that have been given to us. If your gift is prophecy, you should prophesy in proportion to your faith. If your gift is service, devote yourself to serving. If your gift is teaching, devote yourself to teaching. Notice this doesn't say, do these things on occasion. Devote yourself to your craft. Devote yourself to what God has given you. Let it become, let your life overflow with what that is to the point that when I'm preaching, you're not getting the product of research. You're not getting the product of the repetition. You're getting the overflow of the grace of God that pours into your life. If your gift is encouragement, devote yourself to encouraging. The one giving should do so with no strings attached. The leader should lead with passion. The one showing mercy should be cheerful. So I want to share something with you, and I hope that you'll take it to heart because of how important this is. There are consequences for walking through life and not using your gifting. And people don't understand that. And you know what people do? This is the way that we live. And I know this is some of you. It's been me before. I'm just going to wait till God shows me. Or it's like you're just waiting for something to like fall out of thin air and land in your lap. Boom, God gave it to me. If you've not prepared your heart for that in advance, you wouldn't know what to do if it fell. You've got to be in a place where you are seeking this. What is it that you want me to do? And you may say this, I don't know what my spiritual gifts are. Are you looking? Are you praying? Are you testing the spirits? In your life, is this something that you're really seeking out? So you step into a person, you know, you're good at this, you're great at that. I just don't know what God wants me to do. But here's the thing. Some of these people have been saying that for 30 years. I don't know what God, when is he going to tell you? I mean, is he just going to slip down and just whisper it into your ear? I've never experienced anything like that. That's never happened with me. Maybe for some of you it has. God can, you are supposed to go to Africa. You know, right in your ear, it was visible. You, even, you can even name who it sounded like. Never in my life, it was always the seeking and the searching and the hard moments. God, what is it that you want to do in my life? It reminds me of the parable of the talents. Or the parable, this is a scary one, by the way. Everybody's like, Jesus is love, Jesus is happy. And he is, he is all those things. But Jesus knew how to mic drop. Don't, don't forget that, okay? A lot, a lot of people have, have subscribed to a Jesus that is Jesus but they're not reading the whole Jesus. So we got to pay very close attention to this. So there's, there's this maybe you'll, you'll, you've never heard of this before, the parable of the talents or the parable of the valuable coins. So Matthew 25, if you ever want to look at there, but there's these three servants. And two servants use these talents or these coins to significantly increase the value of the property of what they were granted. The third servant, what he does is what a lot of us would have done, is he buries his talent. Or he buries his coin, and he does this when he's talking to the master. He claims that fear prevented him from embracing his talent. How many of us are in that situation in our lives? We're not, we're not using what God gave us. We're not seeking what God gave us because of fear of losing it. So what do we do with it? We bury it. And what that means is we put it in the back of our mind and we do everything we can to forget about a direction that God could be sending us in our lives. So what do we see in this parable? The, mas the master 
punishes, he rewards the first two servants. He punishes the third servant for being lazy, and he casts him out. A little different view of Jesus than, than, than sometimes what we think about. So let's get real. Imagine stepping into eternity, and God shows you these incredible gifts that you had. These incredible things that you were able to do with your life. Lives that you were able to change. And you hear, why didn't you use what I gave you? Uh, really, like, what, what does it come down to when we're talking about life? You know, paying the mortgage. Making sure we get the kids through the 12th grade. Our career, our retirement. What does it really come down to? What does it sound like whenever we hear, why did you not use what I gave you? What will your response be? Sorry, God, I was working too much. Sorry, God, I was at the Little League field. God, I was at the lake. I was streaming season seven of Game of Thrones. Whatever, you know, whatever. What are you doing? What are you doing with your time? I think we're a church that challenges people. So it's great to talk about these things, but if you leave the same, what good is it? This moment is real. And you may say, well, I'm 16 years old, I'm 35 years old, I'm, I'm 95 years old. It doesn't matter. Today is the day that you can embrace this thing. It could be a defining day. So as you ask, how do I do this? Because here at Believer's Church, we're all about practical application. And this is what I'm going to challenge every single person in this room to do. The first is I need you to pray. I need you to pray. Some of you know what it is that God has for you. Some of you are just on the fence. And whenever people have talked to me this week, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. I just don't know. I said, well, it starts with prayer. And I said, I got a good prayer time, 9 a.m. here on Sunday mornings. And you want to know something? I think some of you have a misconception that maybe we just huddle up and see who can pray the loudest. You know, it's not like that. We have, we have people who, who pray in different areas of the church. We have people who pray in their cars, who stay in their cars. Some of you notice people walking around the building. Guys, we have got to create a deep prayer culture. And we are not just praying about the service today. But there may be some of you, you find a quiet space in this church. You don't have to pray with anyone else. And you're just saying, God, what is it that you have for me? And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. It's going to be frightening how quick doors open. It's going to be frightening how that thing that fell was going to fall in your lap. It's going to land in your lap like a cinder block. And then all of a sudden you're going to be like, God, I have got to commit the rest of my life to the poor. God, I have got to commit the rest of my life to the addicted. God, if I am an encourager and that's something that you're giving me, God, I've got to figure out a way to implement this in my life every single day. And it's going to work into the life of the body. And you're, just, you're not even going to be able to imagine what God is going to do. We have to pray about this. That's, that's where we start with every single thing. Unless you know, unless it's been identified, like I said earlier, and you're just standing still, we pray. And the second thing, and none of this is revolutionary, try different things. Put yourself out there. Put yourself in a position to where, listen, if you're looking for something to do at Believer's Church, 
If it be kids ministry, student ministry, first impressions, guest services, security, things like that. If it's something that God is leading you to, a passion outside of the church that you feel like you need direction with, we will do everything we can to put you in a position to help you. But until you're willing to step out, until you have the courage to try different, because, because as you step out, as you're praying and you step out, if that cinder block doesn't hit you in the lap, you'll notice first God closing some doors. You're going to tell yourself, I never need to be with preschoolers again. I, some of our teachers might be saying that right now. We got some wild ones. Listen, we got some wild ones. But listen, K through five, they're coming for you. All right. So, but so it may be that kids ministry is not for you. It may be that you're like really introverted and greeting, like talking to people is one of the hardest things in the world for you. That doesn't limit what God wants to do for you. And in your life through spiritual gifts, I just find it amazing that we are all made for something. And the ability to, to succeed, so to speak, in this thing is simply stepping in in obedience and allowing humbly the grace of God to pour through you so that you can then perform this work. And then the easiest thing that you can do, and I told you guys that I would mention this today, is to take an inventory that we have for, for spiritual gifts. Now, I don't think that this is like the best solution in the world. When you're taking it, it's like all excited, exciting when you take those tests online and you're like, what's my personality type going to be? Or who's my perfect match? Or how's this? You know, it's, it's kind of like one of those where you're taking this test. And again, it's not some bulletproof plan, but it can point you in a direction that will help you. So if you guys will pull up the next, the next slide and the one after that one. So you have some information here. And if you want to write this down, if you want to take a picture, you can do this. But this is as practical with praying and trying new things. This is about as practical as I can make this. So what this is going to do, oh, I feel like a celeb. Cameras everywhere. All right. But I'll, maybe I just need to move out of the way. So spiritualgiftstest.com. You have an access code right there specifically for Believer's Church. And what you're going to be asked to do is use your name, your email, a username and a password and you can get on there and all of a sudden you can you can I've never thought of myself as as an encourager but maybe I am and there are some of these gifts when we get into some of these gifts take prophecy for example how does someone explain that to you that's something that you need to be able to walk through someone with so they can show you what these gifts actually look like now for you to go home and take this is useful but what's even more useful is for you to be in a discipleship relationship. We, Thursday night, the people in the church that, I, that are making disciples, we walk through a little bit of this because what we want is a one-on-one -on -one relationship where we're able to walk the people that we're discipling into their future so they have an understanding of what it is that they're supposed to do. So when you are hidden in Christ, you discover your core identity. That's just part of being a Christian. Whenever you're hidden in Christ and you've made the decision that I'm going to step back behind the cross and I'm going to let everything in my life be seen through the lens of Jesus Christ, you find your core identity. The manifestation of this identity is the release of gifts that God has placed within you. Gifts that you have the tools to discover. And this is the heartbeat of Christian joy and freedom. I shared this with you in week one and I'm going to say it again. I was in a, in a meeting here recently 
had a friend of mine that was going through some really, really hard things, had, a, had, had some very, very difficult things coming up. And someone spoke prophetically into his life and said, let me tell you something. Whenever you understand your gifting and whenever you have a grip on why you're here and what your life means, it is amazing how much everything else starts to fall together and come together. Now, at the same time, because you're stepping into this and there's an enemy, some other things fall apart. Let it fall apart. Don't even look back. Both hands on the plow. Move forward. And God moves your life. You know what I say almost every day, and I promise you this is not a joke. I say, I didn't know life could be this way. I mean, listen, I'm not like a, like I'm not walking around grinning ear to ear all the time. In fact, my kids, they have that Smith scowl where like, this is why I started to get all these wrinkles right here because I always look unhappy, but I'm not. Inside, I am full of joy all the time. And I'm like, God, is this really my life? Like, is this real? Do I get to minister to this wonderful group of people? You're bringing these people in. This is absolutely amazing. And that's not something that someone like me can fake. I'd rather just tell you I'm miserable. God is moving and God wants to move through you. And God has just told me, God has revealed to me that there are some of you today that you need to step into this gifting. And maybe again, it's the discovery part of that. But the time for you to step into that and pray about that and start seeking is today. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I'd just like to ask you guys today, you've been a Christian for, for six months, you've been a Christian for, for 50 years, doesn't matter. But maybe you're in a place today where you're like, God, I want to know. Like, I want to understand how I contribute to the body of Christ. Like, what this looks like, Father, help me to, to see this in the deepest way possible. Would you just raise your hand so that I can pray for you? Thank you. Thank you, guys. Anyone else this morning? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Anyone else this morning? I'm not pulling you. Thank you, sir. I'm not pulling you out of your chair. This is not that kind of church. Anyone else this morning? Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Thank you, sir. Anybody else? This is your life. And this is your life to claim. So what we're going to do is the band starts here in just a minute. I want to invite you forward. There, it may not just be about your gifting. You may not just need to come to God to pray about what your gifting looks like and how to step into it. And I think it's good to pray before you take a spiritual inventory test. Otherwise, the test rarely goes anywhere. But those, there's others in here today, and you've had a hard week. And there are things that you're struggling with, and, and you are suffering. Or you need to pray for someone else. You need to, to pray a prayer of intercession upon someone else. And if that's you also, we invite you to come forward this morning as we worship. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit to pour into people into this, in this direct moment. God, we praise you for sending your son to die for our sins. And God, may the grace of your son pour through us, Father, as we transform our community. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray these things. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. Make sure you join us again next week. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and information about Believer's Church. God bless and have a great day.